Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. You look good. You know that? That's right. Just go ahead and turn to somebody and say, he's talking about me right now. Just go ahead and tell him. That's right. It's so good to see you. I just love you. You know that. I just be myself with you. I ain't got to try to be nobody else but me. I love that about you. Okay, we got to get into the message, all right? Enough mushy stuff. Um, today, I want to ask you a question because I, I struggle with this occasionally. Maybe you do. I don't know. Has there ever been a time in your life when you felt underappreciated? Anybody? Okay, okay, okay. There's, there's a few of us that's been in that boat, right? I mean, like, you just like, you know what? Maybe it was on your job that you felt that way. Maybe it was, uh, you know, by a parent. Or maybe it was, uh, you know, by a child. Or maybe it was uh, by a spouse. But somewhat, you just sort of felt underappreciated. And in those moments uh, can be very, very troubling because sometimes we react and do things that we wish we hadn't done in those moments to try to demand that we be more respected and more appreciated. And so I have those moments, you have those moments. And, and what I love is that, that when you read the Bible, we find that Jesus had one of those moments. I know he felt it, but how he reacted to it, it was totally different. And, and so what I'd like to do is we talk about I saying I will to serving in God's church. I want you to listen to the spirit and attitude of Jesus. And, and maybe this will help us and you'll get this as we go. Look what he says in John chapter 15. It's on your outline, or 13 actually, in verse 1 through 5. It says, it was just before Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, would you just read what's underlined with me out loud? You ready? Come on, let's read it. He now showed them the full extent of his, the full extent of his love. Notice that. So what he's, what he's doing right now is he's showing them the full extent of his love. Watch this. So... The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off the outer clothing, and wrapped a what? Towel. Won't you circle that word towel? Wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had wrapped around him. Now, you've got to get the picture here. Of course, we're going to have communion right at the end of our service here. Hopefully, you've got a, a cup. 
But this is Jesus has just done communion with them. And he, so that means that this, okay, he is about to go to the cross. He's like a week away from the cross. He's about to be arrested and, and, and tried and beaten and go to the cross. At this moment, he has been misunderstood by his disciples. He's been misunderstood many times by the world. And, and underappreciated. I, I think that Jesus, he definitely had to feel the underappreciation because they didn't really realize who he was. He was always asking his disciples, don't you realize who I am? Don't you, if you just have faith. He was constantly saying that. And so when it comes to the opera, when he has the opportunity to demand that, okay, I'm, a, I'm about to die for you, I've done all this for you. He's about, he has an opportunity right here to say, hey, I want you to know that who I am. I am the Son of God, and you should respect me, you should honor me, you should reverence. He had that right to do that. At that moment, I'm sure when he felt underappreciated, he chose to lay down his title and pick up a towel. That just messes me up. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't want to do that. I want to get my title and say, let me tell you something. Rhonda, I am your husband. There is no husband like me. I am the best husband you ever have, ever seen, ever have, ever will be. If you want a better husband than me, you better go dig one up. Okay, you're not, some of you going, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, that's right. You see what I'm talking about? You ever feel that way with your children? Like, you know, there's not a better parent in the world than me. You know, blah, 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 blah. And, and you want to demand your title. I am your father. <laughs> you see what I'm I mean, isn't it amazing how that when we, and listen, just think about it on your job. Isn't it amazing how that you want to go to your title when you feel underappreciated? And Jesus, instead of going to his title, he went to the towel. Ron and I went to Israel a couple uh, years ago, and I bought this. This sits on my desk, and it is a statue of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Every day, this sits in front of me, every day. And in those moments that when I am about to declare my title and demand my title, I am reminded to show the fullest extent of my love is not de declaring a title. It is picking up the towel and saying, I'm here to serve. Every day, looking across and seeing this, Helps me keep my perspective right. And today as we begin to talk, I want to share with you what, look at what, what serving really is. And so there's three words that's coming up on the screen. I'd like for you to just say those with me. You ready? One, two, three. Loving is... Do you agree with that? Jesus said, he said, I'm going to show you the full extent of my love. I'm about to show you the full extent of my love. And of course, yes, he was talking about the cross. But at that moment, he said, I'm going to serve you. Bam, there it is. Loving is serving.
Jesus goes on and he, he, he again teaches this in, in John 13. And look what he says. It's on your outline. He says, a new commandment I give you that you're to be mad at one another. Is that the commandment? What do you say? We're to love one another, right? Love one another. Okay, now listen, men. Don't you write me off. Thought of me and say, oh, here we go, that foo-foo kind of stuff. No, 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 you just wait a minute. Don't you write me off. He said, we're to love one another, and as I have loved you, so we must love one another. And notice this next statement. By this, all men or people will know that you are my what? Disciples. How are they going to know that? If you love one another, right? You know what he was saying? He was saying, my trademark is going to be every product has to have a trademark you agree with that my trademark is going to be that your serving is going to equal loving and people are going to know you belong to me because you're going to love them by serving them okay trademarks nike has a trademark right it is amazing to me because we had a lengthy discussion this week in our staff about what that trademark is called I call it a check. They look check, right? But what is what did you call it? What do you call it? Swoosh, that's right. Never heard of that until this week. Swoosh. I've been, you know, Nike's come out when I was a teenager. They've been around a long time. Matter of fact, when you got off your dinosaur and went into the store. <laughs> It's, it's just, I didn't know it was a swoosh. I thought it was a check because I know that I know the logo is just do this. But let me tell you something. No, I, if I would have been doing the logo, I would have been like, I've already done it. Check. You put these shoes on, baby. You, it's good as done it. Check it off the list. You see, but that's their, that's their, that's, that is their trademark is that swoosh. It's their trademark. And Jesus said, my trademark, my trademark, God's trademark, his trademark is going to be on you. And the way that trademark is, trademark is going to shine through is that when you, when you love people by serving people, all of a sudden when you do that, it's like swoosh, check, trademark, you're, 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 you got my trademark. And that's where we're to be as Christians. So let me just give you the biblical definition of love because I told you, don't you write me off of this love yet because everybody thinks love is like I got to feel good towards somebody. Look, here's the biblical definition of love. It's coming up on the screen. Look what it is. Biblical love, look at it. It is a choice. It's on your outline. Why don't you circle those two words? A choice. A choice to do good for another person. Let's read the rest of it together. You ready? regardless of what I, regardless of what I feel. That's why Jesus, listen, that's why Jesus could say, that's why he could say, love your enemies. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? Love my enemies. I don't love my enemies. I don't, oh, come here, let me, let's shake hands. Let's be friends. Let's, my enemy. You tried to hurt me. You're still trying to hurt me. You still don't like me. And you're still, and am I supposed to feel good about that? No, 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 no. So the way, that, the way you love people is you understand that biblical love is a choice to do good for another person no matter, regardless of what I feel. 
So I can, I can still do good to a person who's doing bad to me. I can still do good to them. And that's biblical love. And so understanding that, and once you understand that, you begin to understand this next day, statement I'm going to make. My greatest expression of love is not in what I say. It's in how I serve. That's what Jesus was saying. The full, I'm about to show you the full extent of my love. I'm about to show that to you. And he lays down his title and he picks up a towel and he starts washing their feet. And there's a lot of stuff that I could go into about foot washing at that point, about what the significance of that. But I'm telling you, so he laid down. So here's the deal. Here's the question that you always got to ask. Here it is, here it is, here it is. Am I going to hold up my title and demand or am I going to pick up my towel and serve? That's the two options that you have. To be loving, that's the truth. And so there's three things I want to talk to you about today. How to experience joy in serving others. Here it is. How ex to experience joy, to experience the joy of serving, the first thing I want to share with you, the first thing, there's three of them. Number one is this is make the choice to serve first. Serve first. This is so good. My goodness gracious, so good. Jesus said this again, going to the words of Jesus. How many of you agree that Jesus knows a little bit more than you do? Does anybody believe that? Okay, okay, I do too. He knows just a little bit more than I do. And here's what he said. Look, at this is what I'm about to read to you. Matthew 7, 12 is my life verse. Okay, it's my life verse. This is a verse that I said, okay, this is what I want to, if I don't get any other one, I want to try to live by this one. Here it is. Matthew 7 and 12, look what it says. This is also called the golden rule. He says, so in everything, now what's the next three words? You read them out loud. You ready? Why don't you circle that? Do to others. There we go. That's the command. Do to others and everything. Not in just some things, but in everything. 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 Do to others what you would have them what? Do to you. There it is. Bam. Boom. Boom. Bam. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's it right there. Why don't you circle those words? You know, you can go in, once you circle that, and then just draw a line from the first circle to that circle. And there you go, bam, there it is. Do to them, do to others as you'd have them do to you. And this sums up all the law and the prophets. What he's saying, this sums up the Ten Commandments. Now let me explain this to you, okay? So what Jesus is saying here, by saying, he says, do to others as you would have them do to you. All right, here we go. What he's saying is, is be proactive and not reactive. We're good at doing good to others when they've done good to us, right? That's reactive, you know? I mean, that's just reactive. Oh, yeah, you've been good to me. I'll be good to you. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. But Jesus, notice this. Jesus did not say, don't do to others, did he? He didn't say, don't do to what, what, what I mean by that is like, well, you got to watch, watch this. Many times we take this verse and say, don't do. And, and by this, like this. It's easier, for, it's easier for us. Now, it's not really easy, but it's easier for us that when someone has done something to us, 
to not to retaliate, right? I mean, like, there's times that we can say, okay, listen, they did this to me, but I'm not going to give back to them what they did to me. I'm not going to step into their world. I'm not going to stoop down to that low, and I'm not going to respond to that, right? It's, it, I mean, we can hold that back. So it's real easy for us to don't do to them. But Jesus didn't say that. He said proactive, do to others. In other words, that means, you know what? Give people the praise that you would like people to praise you with. Lift people up like you'd be like to be lifted up. Help people like you'd like to be helped. Forgive people like you'd like to be forgiven. Understand people like you'd like to be understood. Encourage people like you'd like to be encouraged. He said, it's something that is proactive. It's something that you do. Not something you don't do. See, we got this philosophy in the world, do unto others before they do unto you. Right? That's sort of the world's philosophy. Do unto others before they do unto you. And that's not right. It's due unto others. Okay, now, the reason that you want to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you is because we believe this. The Scripture teaches, you finish this statement. What you sow, you will. Okay, now let's say it the way the world says it. Ready? What goes around, and that's the truth, isn't it? So when you're doing good, you're doing good to others, you can expect the return that it will come back to you. It will come back. Okay, so I have this next step on your connection card. Oh, oh, let me, oh I got another verse I got to give you. Romans 5 and 8, look what it says. It says, God demonstrated his own love for us in this while we were still what? Why don't you circle still sinners? While we were still sinners, Christ did what? He died for us. So that means this. That means that God acted out of his love when he died, when he sent Jesus to die for us. That means that God had his son die for you when you, when you, were, uh, when you were a mess. You know, and all of us are still jacked up in some way, right? But sometimes we were, more, we were more jacked up at a point in our life, right? And God has done a work in our lives. So when you were unlovable, when you were the person that was unpredictable, when you was unlikable, that's when God sent Jesus to do. When you were holding your finger in God's face and saying, I don't like you, I don't want you, he looked through time and loved you anyways. So God made the first move. While you were still sinners, so he did it first. He did unto you as he would have you do unto him. You see, the problem with this, the last thing I'll say about this, in our culture today, we like to keep score, don't we? That says this, okay, well, if you, do, you did good for me, so I'll do some good for you. But, but you know what? If I've done more good to you than you've done for me, if I'm here and you're here, then guess what? You owe me, and I'm not doing anything else good for you until you catch up to where I am. See what I'm talking about? And when you keep score, then it's never going to work. It's never going to work as long as you keep score. Okay, so here's the next step on the connection card. Look what it says with me. 
Here's an opportunity right here. This box is going to determine if you're going to pick up a title or a towel. Look what it says. I will do my best to make the choice to serve others when? First. Here's the decision that you've got to make. I'm giving you an opportunity. Are you going to check that box and say, okay, I'm going to try to start picking up the towel and laying down my title? That's a choice. I hope you'll make that choice so we can pray over you this week. Okay. Number two. So the second thing to experience joy is this, is realize serving others brings healing. This is so good. Oh, my goodness. I started to call you at 3 o'clock this morning to tell you this. This is, this is, I'm telling you, what I'm about to tell you is so good. Look at it with me. All right, 1 Peter, here we go. 1 Peter 4.10. Just ask your neighbor, are they buckled up? Just go ahead and say, are you buckled up? Go ahead, because this is so good. All right, here we go. 1 Peter 4.10, you ready? Each one should use whatever what? Why don't you circle that? Whatever gifts, all right? Whatever gifts. They have received to what? Okay, once you circle that, serve others. There we go. So, okay, gifts and serve others. Then notice this next part. This is so key here. Faithfully administering whose grace? God's grace in its various forms. So why don't you circle administering God's grace, okay? Now, while you circle that, I want to explain this to you. To God's grace, God's grace, we, many of us understood that God's grace is God's unmerited favor, and that is true. But let me tell you another definition of God's grace. Here it is. God's grace is God's ability to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. You, listen, you couldn't save yourself, right? Jesus had to come and die on a cross to save you. You agree with that? You couldn't get here on this planet by yourself. God's grace, you know, breathed on your mom and dad and they conceived you and you were here. So God's grace is God's, God's ability to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And here's what I want to tell you something. Is that most of the time, God administers his grace to you through somebody else. In other words, there's something that you need in your life that God's going to bring to you that you can't give yourself. God's going to bring it through somebody else. Does that make sense to you? So God's grace is, is distributed through the hands of other people. Now, let me just tell you this. My father had surgery like last week. He had a disc on the back of his neck that was pushing onto his spinal cord, and it was making him weak. And he was falling around. He was falling. And so he had surgery last week, and that surgeon went in, that neurologist went in and he actually took that disc out of his neck and did a lot of other stuff right in that disc in about 45 minutes. And when my father awakened, he was like, thank God there's no pain in my back. So would you agree with me that God used that surgeon's hands to deliver healing to my father? Would you agree with that? Okay. So we agree with that. Now I want to ask you another question. Just hold, hold on. I'm going, to, I'm going to teach you something here. Would you agree with me that if you are stressed out about a problem in your life, like whatever it is, whatever the problem is that you're stressed out, and many of you got, all of us got problems, so this problem that you think about the most right now, 
Would you agree with me right now that if somebody come and gave you a solution to that problem and fixed and say, here's the thing, and this fixes that problem, and, and you tried it and it fixed it, would you agree with me that they brought healing to you? Because you're right. I mean, like, you were stressed out, right? You didn't know what to do, and, and you just don't know. You're, you're down here, and, and you're oppressed. I mean, like, all you can do is think about it. And they come and take all that off of your mind and give you a solution. They brought healing to you. Three words are coming up on the screen. I want you to read them out loud with me. You ready? Here they go. Here they are. Let's read them. You ready? Helping one more time. You ready? Helping is healing. Helping is healing. When you help somebody over whatever issue they got in their life and you help them get over it, friend, you are bringing healing to their life. Do you agree with that? It is a, so sometimes you give a word to someone, you tell them something they didn't know, and all of a sudden they can act on that and they can get better. When you help someone, you bring healing to their life. You know what? That's what SEC is all about. Do you know there's, there's people that drive into our parking lot here, and there's people out there in our parking lot that are waving at people, and, and they're smiling at people. You know, you know that that is the first time that that person has seen a smile all day, all week? It's when they drive this far. And would you agree with me that when a person is struggling through a difficult time, aren't you looking for someone just to be nice? And that when you receive a smile, when you receive a smile, that the dwarfings inside of your brain all begin to produce more and you begin to feel uplifted and where you was down and dejected because you saw a smile from someone else who acted nice to you, especially like when they shake your hand or they pat you on the back and they say, it's good to see you, just like all of our greeters do every Sunday when you walk through the doors, they greet you, they're giving you a kind smile. Why? Because we believe that helping is healing. Would you agree with me that those nursery workers that are back there right now that are holding those babies, that moms and dads can come sit in this service and that the Holy Spirit can speak to them without being interrupted? And when they thought, when, when they walked in the door, they were thinking about this is it, we're getting a divorce, and it's over. But because someone's back there willing to rock their child and hold their child and they could come into this uh, service like this and God could speak to them. Would you not agree that those hands are healing hands? You see, that's what we believe. That's what we believe. We believe right now that while your, your children are up there in, in our kids' place right now, and there's teachers, that there's those, those uh, connect group leaders are around them right now, and guess what they're doing? They're telling them that, listen, I don't care what your friends have said to you. There's a God in heaven that loves you. I don't care what's going on in your life. God loves you. I don't care who told you that you're nothing. You're going to be something through Almighty God. Would you agree with me that healing is going on right now right now your kids are being healed 
They've been told all week that they're nothing. They're second class and their peers have beaten them down. And tonight at 6 o'clock, our, our student workers are going to be here. And our teenagers will come to this, this service tonight at 6, at 6 o'clock. They will be here. And there will be people that will gather there with them that will be around them. And they're there to lift them up and encourage them and tell them that, listen, what you've been told all week is not true about you. That you're better than that. You're bigger than that. And God is bigger than that. And if God be for you, who can be against you? You can make it. You don't have to give up. I know there's some of you that's thinking about giving up on life. But you don't have to. Why? Because we're healing in the name of Jesus. Here it is. Proverbs eleven twenty five. Look at it with me. Look at it with me. Here we go. Be what? Be generous. Now let me tell you. Generous. Not just talking about money. Be, be generous with your smile. Be generous with your hand. Be generous with your gifts. Be generous and you will what? Be prosperous. That's God's word. That ain't my word. That's God's word. You will prosper. Help others and you'll be what? You see, at SEC, we understand here that every week is a healing service here. Every week's a healing service. When someone's nice to you, kind to you, serves you coffee, serves you, serves your children, we understand that this is a healing service going on. And that's why, we're expand that's why we're expanding this place. You understand that? Because more people need healing. Do you agree with that? And here's what I want you to know. Healed people help people. And help people heal people. Help people that help people are healing people. And listen, it's the healed people that learn that, okay, I've got over this, so I want to help somebody else get over this. And the people that help others will be helped, the scripture says. And we got, a, we got a bunch of people that do that. Matter of fact, it's exciting. I love our volunteers here at SEC. It's exciting. Matter of fact, why don't you just watch this, this brief snapshot of some people that we caught serving here the last couple of weeks. Why don't you watch this? Give yourselves a hand. Isn't that awesome? All those people were smiling. You didn't notice that? Why? Because when you help people, when you, when you lay down your title and you pick up your towel, there's something that happens in you. It feels good to do good. And that's why we offer you this opportunity. So I want to give you an opportunity to be a healer, to be a healing aid. Let God use your hands to heal. Would you pull out this little half sheet right here? It looks like this. Easter Sunday, or, or let me say Easter week, we're actually having five services here. We're, we've set a goal of 1,500 people on Easter. Last year we had 1,300 and something. This year we're believing for 1,500. You're going to help us with that. 
Because our vision is to give people an opportunity for a better life through Christ. So what I want to tell you is that we're having a Friday night service, a Saturday night service. We're having a Friday night at 7 o'clock and a, a Saturday night at 7 o'clock. And then we're doing our three uh, Sunday morning services. And we need your help to be a healing agent. We need you to say, hey, I can come in and I will lay down my title and I'll take up the towel. I'm asking you to do that, to help us in these services, that we can serve the people that they may be healed. Who knows, your coworker that's a jerk that may show up on that day, one of those days, God may heal them and look, wouldn't you like to work beside them healed instead of the heathen? Nothing like a healed heathen. You look at one that's in the healing process. So would you still, and so I'd like you to just check that and then just put it inside the, the bucket as it goes by. Okay. The last thing I'd like to share with you is this, is number three, to experience the joy of serving. Number three, remember what Jesus did for you. Remember what Jesus did for you. In Luke 22 and 19, it says this. And he took the bread talking about communion, and he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for who? For you. Okay, now look at these next six words here. You ready? Let's read them out loud. You ready? Do this in remembrance of me. So we do communion to remember Jesus, what he did, that he died for us. In the same way, saying remember again, in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this, this cup in the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. All right, here's the deal. I want to tell you this real quickly. Here's what I want you to know. Sin kills your ability to be the real you. You can never be yourself as long as sin is reigning in your life. You can't be you. Sin kills you from being you. It cannot, you cannot be who you were created to be living in sin. I'll tell you one more thing. Sin kills the goodness inside of you. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that if they would just let God, let Jesus come into their life, save them, then guess what? All of a sudden they would become the person that they were created to be. And then all of a sudden that goodness that's inside of them that they never knew was there comes alive. So Jesus is saying, we're about to take communion. This is what he said. Jesus is saying this. Remember through the bread that you're going to take. My body was broken for you. And remember through the juice you're going to take that my blood was shed for you. Here's why. Because when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he comes into your life and he saves you. And here's what he does. Jesus resurrects you to become the person that you are meant to be. And he restores the goodness inside of you. This morning, I'm going to read this prayer that's called the Prayer to Become a Christ Follower. It's inside of your program. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're not a Christ follower. I'm talking, you may have prayed a prayer one time, but you're not following Christ. Today's the day you get it right. And so I want to read this and make this your prayer. It's on your program if, you, if you'd like to look at it with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. That's the step right there. 
I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Here we go. Please help me turn from my sins. And that's the secret right there. Help me turn from my sin and do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Now today, if you did that, if that was you and you meant that, on the back of your connection card, there's a box that said, I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today. I want you to check that before you go. Now we're about to receive communion. And what I'm asking you to do right now is I'm going to ask you to sit still. And I want you, the Bible says, we're to examine ourselves before we take communion. If there's something going on in your life that's a, that you know is against God's will, then I want you to confess it right now, right while they're singing the first part of the song. You just stay seated, and you get it right with God. And we're going to come back and have communion. All right, would you do that as they come and sing? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.